literally the immune system sees something that it couldn't see before. And we've seen amazing and rapid and durable responses to immunotherapy and lung cancer. This is the James Cancer-Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and my guest is Dr. David Carbone. David is a lung cancer expert, and he is the director of the James Thoracic Oncology Center. Lung cancer is one of the most common forms of cancer in the United States, with about 240,000 new cases every year. There are about 130,000 deaths every year, which makes it the leading cause of cancer-related deaths. In a recent episode, David filled us in on the new James Mobile Lung Cancer Screening Unit, and today's topic is all about some of the advances in treating patients with lung cancer, how this is leading to better outcomes, and about what's next as scientists at the James and around the world discover new targets and better treatments. Welcome back to the podcast, David. Well, thank you, Steve. Important topics. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this the last time that it is the leading cause of cancer-related deaths for men and women and is hard to diagnose. So you're right. This is vital that people be, have be educated about it and especially smokers. <laughs> well, so to decrease lung cancer mortality, you have to try to prevent it by reducing uh, smoking rates and uh, radon exposure. You need to detect it early, which we addressed in the, the other podcast. <clears throat> but even um, once you've been diagnosed with lung cancer, and we have to deal with treating it. And I think that's the topic for today. And there have been dramatic advances in treatment. Yeah. And I thought a great way to illustrate these dramatic advances in treatment is to talk about your own career, which is 20 plus years or even longer. I don't want to guess. <laughs> and yeah. And describe what it was like when you started and sort of the big steps forward and where we're going. So I've actually been doing only lung cancer pretty much um, since the 80s. Um, I, when I was a resident at Johns Hopkins, I, I became interested in lung cancer and, and I've worked throughout my fellowship and faculty career. So it's been more than 30 years that I've been doing lung cancer. When I first started with lung cancer, um, it was not even clear that anything helped survival. And we actually did a study that was published in 2002, in 2002 if I'm not mistaken, comparing chemotherapy to, do, to nothing. It literally, it was... It was felt to be ethical and, and unknown whether chemotherapy improved survival at all. And so there was a randomized study done that was um, comparing chemotherapy to no treatment at all. And that uh, showed that chemotherapy improved survival by a median of a couple of months. And, and this was really pathetic. And, and the average survival for lung cancer after diagnosis was literally four to six months. So this is from the time it was discovered till death. And this has 
changed dramatically. The American Cancer Society recently reported that, that the survival for lung cancer after diagnosis uh, has doubled in, in recent years. And that's uh, through many factors, but mostly through the um, discovery of the molecular mechanisms underlying lung cancer and designing some of these new treatments to target these mechanisms. And, and, and broadly speaking, those are targeted therapies, what we call targeted therapies that address specific genetic abnormalities that are present in lung cancer and immunotherapies that uh, turn the immune system back on after cancers have turned it off uh, in order to uh, grow and become a clinically evident cancer. So really there's, there are many pillars to cancer therapy. Chemotherapy is still used in cancer and in general, chemotherapy targets cellular metabolic or um, um, growth uh, pathways that are shared with normal cells. Uh, but the targeted therapies that I'm talking about are generally chemicals um, like chemotherapy, but they're specifically designed to target a, an, a, pro, a gene or a protein that has been turned on by a mutation that the cancer has acquired uh, and turn it back off. So rather than targeting like chemotherapy, rather than attacking normal cellular metabolic growth pathways, that are present in cancer and normal cells, these targeted therapies are designed to specifically turn off a process that's abnormally turned on in a cancer cell, which is why they're so highly effective when you can match one of these treatments to a genetic abnormality in a patient. Virtually every patient responds, uh, which compared to chemotherapy where 25% of patients respond, and the response is durable and the toxicity is very low since the, your, your drug is only affecting the cancer cells and not normal cells. And then the next step would be the immunotherapy. Correct. And so the immune system is really good at clearing things that aren't supposed to be there. The problem is that cancer cells are very similar to normal cells in many ways and that cancer has grown in a patient uh, and avoided and figured out how to avoid being recognized by the body's immune system. And it, it was thought that it was really unclear how that happened, but it turns out there are very specific things that cancers express that turn off the immune system. The immune cell comes in and sees the cancer, but then this, protein that's been turned on by the cancer turns the immune cell off again and it just drips away without doing uh, doing anything it, so the cancers have developed this kind of force field like in star trek <clears throat> that uh, prevents them being attacked by the immune system and basic science studies uh, into how this happens really have led to multiple new treatments uh, for, for cancer in general, but especially in lung cancer, a pathway called the PD-1 pathway is, is responsible for a large part of this 
uh, force field effect and the treatments, the modern immunotherapy treatments turn off this force field and suddenly allow the immune system to see the cancer. So the PD-1 is that, that protein that creates that force field. And so the immunotherapy gets rid of the force field? Well, actually, the PD-1 is the receptor on the immune cells. PD-L1 is thought to be what's expressed is the ligand for that receptor. It binds to that receptor. But there are drugs that are used for immunotherapy that target PD-L1 or PD-1, but it, it's the same pathway. You're either targeting one side of the link or the other. Either the link on the immune T cell or on the cancer cell. Correct. So either way, the immune system knows what to do. So suddenly, it, literally, the immune system sees something that it couldn't see before. And we've seen amazing and rapid and durable responses to immunotherapy and lung cancer. And in fact, uh, historically, even with targeted therapies, I would tell patients that we can treat your cancer, but we can't cure it once it's metastatic, even with targeted therapies. But with immunotherapies, I don't say that anymore because we have a small fraction of patients that are alive five, six, seven, eight years later, having been off treatment for many years with no evidence of cancer and for all intents and purposes are actually cured. This is revolutionary. Wow. All right. Revolutionary is a great word and a great time to take a pause. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a further revolution and even more advances in immunotherapy and perhaps even some other ways to treat lung cancer. In today's world, misinformation abounds, but at the Ohio State Health and Discovery website, we're addressing today's most relevant health, wellness, science, and research topics, all from the Ohio State experts you can trust. We're tapping into physicians, scientists, and thought leaders across our medical center and health sciences colleges to give you the deeper story behind the headlines and the truth about the topics affecting the health of individuals, society, and the world. Visit health.osu.edu today. We're back with Dr. David Carbone. And David, before we took a break, you explained sort of the, the beginnings of immunotherapy for lung cancer, this target of the PD-1 and the PD-L1. So if that was the beginning of immunotherapy for lung cancer, what happened next? Well, targeting the PD-1 pathway was a really good start. Nowadays, most patients with non-small cell lung cancer who don't have these driver mutations will get immunotherapy. That's about 80% of all patients. And it's, it's proven to be highly effective, but it doesn't work in everybody. Even, even in patient, patients whose tumors have a high PDL1 expression, the response rate is about 50%, which clearly means that the other 50% of patients' tumors have figured out another pathway or pathways in addition to PD1 uh, in order to avoid immune recognition. And there's been intensive study uh, through basic science research of other potential pathways that could be targeted. And several uh, have shown really uh, very encouraging data. 
One has reached approval in lung cancer, and that's a combination of a PD-1 pathway targeted agent and a CTLA-4 pathway targeted agent, and it, which is now approved in both melanoma and lung cancer, and exemplifies how complicated the immune system is and how many regulatory mechanisms it has. And some tumors may use this pathway and others may use that pathway uh, so that we have a lot to learn about additional agents. But we are currently doing trials combining the PD-1 pathway inhibitors with multiple other uh, agents, and hopefully we'll, we'll hit upon some good ones. The bottom line is that, that basic science is finding these regulatory mechanisms that are potential therapeutic targets, and some are really uh, showing promising results. So PD-1 and the CTLA-4 are two of the targets, two of the problems. Uh, I'm guessing, hoping that there's others that you, you and others are finding. Oh, yeah. We, we have clinical trials going on now. Uh, looking at many uh, others, one promising one is a, a what's called a TIGIT antibody. It looks like it improves the efficacy of PD-1. And others, ILT-4, there's LAG-3, there's multiple other uh, targets that are being studied. So really, we, meaning you and other lung cancer experts, you're in the very early stages of immunotherapy. And over the next however many years, there's going to be more drugs and better options, I take it. Well, absolutely. I certainly hope so. We, we Immunotherapy has become a routinely used tool, but it's, as I said, completely, uh, it's not, there's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, and uh, we hope that we can evolve better treatments and more specific treatments. With the targeted therapies we learned that specific tumor characteristics could be matched to specific drugs. But in immunotherapy, you know, as most patients are getting immunotherapy uh, without matching it as finely as we do with the targeted therapies. So we really have to better understand each cancer's specific mechanisms of immune escape and target those specifically. And that's an area of active research. And it may be combinations of two or three uh, agents to achieve a optimal effect for that individual tumor. So immunotherapy is going to become more and more effective over the years. Is, is there another sort of separate area of treating or, or, or related or in combination with immunotherapy? Well, sure. I, I certainly hope so. And it, it is difficult to predict what the next landmark discovery will be. But one thing that is showing promise is what's called cellular therapies, where we use, we can genetically modify immune cells and uh, induce them to target tumors. We can, or we can use what's things uh, that are called bispecific antibodies, where we can pull immune cells from your own immune system into uh, the tumor uh, targeting a particular antigen, or we can grow immune cells in the laboratory that have potentially from the immune cells that are infiltrating into a tumor, grow them and amplify them in the laboratory 
and infuse them, activate them in the laboratory and infuse them back into the patient. All of these things have been, are being used now in lung cancer and showing really interesting responses. So you can either take immune cells out of someone's body through um, blood and supercharge them and put them back in, or, and the, these ones you talk about growing in the lab, is that a person's own immune cells or are they from somewhere else? Well, we're studying both. I mean, there are uh, universal donor type approaches, especially NK cell, what's called NK cell therapy that may not require you, you to use your own cells. But right now in lung cancer, the, uh, the approaches that are in clinical trials take the immune cells from your body and either genetically modify them to see another target or just grow them to large numbers in the appropriate uh, cytokine environment and infuse them back in. And that the latter approach is called TIL therapy, tumor infiltrating lymphocyte therapy. And the genetically modified approaches is, uh, one of the approaches is called CAR T cells, which it's a chimeric antigen receptor uh, T cell, which again, directs the T cell to the tumor. And then we talked about bispecific antibodies, which do the same thing. So you talked about how 30 some years ago, there really wasn't much you and, and other lung cancer specialists could do. And now you just sort of walked us through what you can now do in these tremendous improvements. So look down the road five years or even a little longer. And, and what do you see happening in terms of treatment and, and how long people can either live with or be cured of lung cancer? It's very difficult to predict what the next major advance will be, but I, I, I really think, and it's very gratifying that the successes we've seen over the last decade or two have been a result of a better scientific understanding of the mechanisms of what drives cancers and how they avoid the body's own immune system. And we're learning new things every day, and I really expect that improvements will uh, be seen in every aspect of cancer care in the next decades. And there may be uh, new treatments that I can't even imagine right now. So for you, what does that mean in terms of just getting you up in the morning to, to work at this and being able to talk about and, and treat your patients with these advances? Well, um, cancer is still a horrible disease and people suffer and die from it every day. So it's, um, but it's important to convey to patients that um, there is now hope for virtually every patient. We have much more hope now for improving the quality and quantity of their life and even a glimmer of hope for cures and, and metastatic patients. Um, where those didn't exist uh, before. So there's really uh, a, an environment where we can be hopeful and uh, encourage patients to participate in clinical trials of new treatments, because I really think clinical trials of today give access to the drugs that are the standard of care for tomorrow. 
and and really encouraging participation in clinical trials uh, it should give patients hope that they'll get they're getting the latest uh, treatment and uh, give them hope that they they might benefit we're now using immunotherapies in early stage disease um, before or after surgery and seeing some uh, improvements in survival from surgery you know because even when you operate on a lung cancer and take out everything you can see um, there's still about a 50 percent relapse rate and um, people 50 percent of people will still die of their lung cancer which is much higher than surgery for early stage breast cancer for example but it's been recently found that adding immunotherapy before or after surgery improves those outcomes thanks david for that great sort of overview and walk through time and some of the advances that have come in lung cancer treatment and perhaps down the road you'll fill us in again on some of the new new uh better treatments happy to do it steve this podcast is brought to you by the ohio state university comprehensive cancer center arthur g james cancer hospital and richard j soloff research institute for more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.